What is up, everybody? Welcome to the week 12 edition of the DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com. As always, with my co-host, John Daigle, Pat Corain. Fellas, we made it through Thanksgiving. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. The walkthrough's not published yet, so uh, in some ways I have not made it through Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's because we did it. I did a Thanksgiving walkthrough, you know, which mm-hmm. uh, had to, I had to push back the regular walkthrough one day. But, you know, got that out there for the people. It was completely free. So hopefully everyone enjoyed that. And now uh, I'll be working dutifully to complete my normal work later. Yeah, we're, later we're on holiday scheduling. Everything's everything's right. late, yeah. except for this All, podcast. Always the hardest part about Thanksgiving is still trying to jam in everything around yeah, uh, man. the 48 hours off. Like uh, yep. I, I was with friends last night and I think everyone was just tired in general from Wednesday night. Cause everyone mm. usually like goes into Thursday morning, hungover scrambles yep. to prep food la- very last second as they like slog around their kitchen and then everyone's tired. But I was telling everyone I was like, no, like I get 48 hours off basically for together for the first time in seven months. Like we're staying up. We're taking this one out. I, I told myself I was going to take it easy Wednesday because I had to be up for Discord uh, chat before the early games. I told myself I was going to take it easy yesterday because I had a long day on Friday. I'm just nursing a hangover over here, boys. I, I just, it's okay. I popped in the Discord. I literally said, uh, I think I did three things. I said, overweight on Jaden Reed and Brandon Cooks and Debo nice. over IUK. And I was like, yeah. okay. So Love that. We all. We all got there. We were okay. Yeah, we still somehow uh, made some money yesterday, so it, it was a good day. Um, Karen, as you mentioned, uh, um, walkthrough not out yet, but um, I mean, anything, any anything you want to preview uh, before we get into it today that, that's popping to you right now? Yeah, if you uh, subscribe to the Fancy Life newsletter, you would have seen uh, AJ Brown is going to be the cover boy. I, I highlighted him uh, with a little with a little excerpt there uh, this morning, so. Um, that, that is the kind of, I don't think this will be, you know, this is it's somewhat obvious to go right back to AJ Brown after, after he bombs, but yeah. doesn't look like he's going to come in as big time chalk. Cause he is super expensive on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got some other options there. Uh, so I, I love going back to AJ Brown. I'll be talking about him throughout this show. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking about that uh, very shortly. Um, as I mentioned, we have not updated ownership projections yet, uh, but they will will be up late tonight, early tomorrow. Um, before we do get into it, if you want to get access to those ownership projections, sign up for the DFS subscription ASAP at four for four Black Friday deal. It's six ninety nine. It's less than a buy in of the Sunday million on Fanduel. Like get in there, you get access. We go through Super Bowl. Uh, this is the time of year where there are a ton of random DFS slates. We're going to start getting Saturday games. Um, you know, I think there's 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 uh, Christmas games. I think that's on a Monday. I think we have another Friday game coming up. Uh, so tons of slates, tons of value. I mean, we're basically giving that thing away through Monday. But uh, sign up for it now so you can start prepping for uh, kickoff uh, this Sunday. And once you do that, upgrade to the solver, the best optimizer in the game. Once you upgrade to that Everything from four for four will automatically be synced to solver. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, always a short slate the day, uh, the the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Obviously, a um, bunch of games on Thanksgiving. Another Friday game, uh, so only a ten game slate. And 
a, a kind of ugly slate, but it is very top heavy. And um, for, from the game and, and a player perspective, uh, we haven't seen a lot, even like even in the past couple of years where we just have such a clear tier of ownership and it's at every single position where there's one or two guys at every position that are just lapping the field in ownership. Um, so it's kind of like an old school slate in that respect, not not as flat as, mm-hmm. as we've come to um, come to see. So that will be fun because we will have some uh, some some spots that feel like obvious pivots, um, but we may have to lean in some really heavy chalk and um the highest total on the slate this week is the late game Eagles versus Bills, which Corrine mentioned. Uh, Four twenty-five kickoff there, uh, but because Eagles and Bills are always very expensive, starting with the quarterbacks, uh, it's always just tough to get to these spots, especially on DraftKings. So, on FanDuel, this game will probably be very popular. On DraftKings, salary is going to keep it so that everyone's um, moderately owned. Um, Jalen Hurts will be very popular. Um, just because he's always popular. But uh, as you mentioned, A.J. Brown and Devontae Adams-Crane aren't going to be like crazy chalky, um, but the unique thing about them right now is Goddard's out. So we're going to get a super concentrated target share on these guys. So, I mean, you mentioned A.J. as the cover boy. How do you like playing the Eagles side? And do we need to think about Swift? Because Bills are 20th in schedule, just points allowed to the running backs. That's their lowest ranking against any position. Yeah, I think Swift is definitely someone to think about. Um, I I think maybe you could play like Hertz, Brown, and Swift, given that it's mm-hmm. you know a fairly uh, kind of. There's not a lot of interesting stuff for me on the slate, so yeah, I think yeah. you you could do that. Uh, certainly, I would want to play it through AJ Brown one way or another. Uh, Smith is expensive enough that you know the double is tough, but I could see it. Um, but yeah, I think the the thing here, the reason I like this spot so much is that the Eagles are a run heavy team, uh, but a lot of that I think is because of the situation. They're one of these teams that is dictating the run to their opponents. They have just a fifty seven percent expected pass rate, which is the second lowest in the league. Only the Forty ers are lower. Uh, they're playing things similarly to the Forty ers and the Ravens. You know, when they're ahead, they, they're fine, just kind of running the ball down people's throats, but they have a 10% pass rate over expected on first down, which is super aggressive. Uh, That's like higher than the bills, right? With the commanders um, who are at 11%. They're the only team higher than the Eagles on first down, which is an indication that this is a team who does view the passing game as their primary strength. Um, And so we're looking for them to get pushed by the bills here. And we're also looking at a bills defense that, you know, was pretty good to start the season, but then had all of those injuries and it's been quite poor since. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have a pretty strong pass rush, but they look very vulnerable in the secondary. So we're talking about a team that, you know, should be able to attack downfield. They should be able to, you know, hit the, their first read pretty well against the sec- this week's secondary. That's all really good for AJ Brown. So this just looks like a potential bounce back blow up spot for Brown. I uh, like Hertz a lot here too. I would be curious on your guys' thoughts of how to make this kind of work salary rise wise other than that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I was just going to say like, this is actually, even though, um, again, specifically on DraftKings, it's always a little bit easier on FanDuel. Uh, this is a week where you can double like these expensive plays, whether it be Eagles or someone else and like not be giving up a ton in projection because there are like cheap wide receivers that are projecting decently. Obviously it's not going to be great. Um, but like the, um, like the Justin Watson types, uh, Khalil Shakir on the other side, the Arizona cheap wide receivers. Uh, there aren't a lot of, we're not really paying up at running back. So like you can do expensive doubles this week. What do you think, Daigle? I completely agree. I'm also interested in the Josh Allen side of it yeah. all too, because it's not like the Eagles got better on defense out of their mm-hmm. bye. Like the chiefs had a fumble inside the five yard line and Patrick Mahomes threw an end zone interception. Otherwise they would have put up 30 and just mm-hmm. walked over the Eagles. Well, so, and the MVS, I mean, yeah. And, then, and the MVS <laughs> drop, we also had a Justin Watson drop touchdown. Like, yeah, it, it should have been all over, but of course they didn't get there too many mistakes. So yeah, Josh Allen and, that's kind of like my way of looking at it is that mm-hmm. regardless of if I get to Eagles doubles, Allen doubles, I'm going to get there most likely just because yep. it's literally a five quarterback pool slate for me. And four of them are in the same games against one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and Khalil Shakur, I think, is the way to unlock the bills. Like even if that's a onslaught with all three of their receivers and just like moving on from Dalton Kincaid in this spot anyways, just because last week, the, the way the Jets play defense, it just makes sense that they hammer Kincaid and ignore their wide receivers altogether, which is exactly what happened. They didn't even target Gabe Davis on the boundary against DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, whereas I don't expect that to happen whatsoever. So, yeah, uh, Eagles double is totally fine, but it's to me, it's it unlocks more. And I'll be curious to see where people get by Sunday morning because Gabe Davis and Shakir are cheaper. So it actually affords you more even bringing along AJ Brown or Devonta Smith with Allen doubles or triples. Yeah. I, I think people just hate playing Gabe Davis. So I think if like, I think there's a chance that, yeah, yeah. There's Ken, uh, Kincaid will him and McRide will be two of the chalkiest players on the slate. So I do think people like naturally get to like a Shakir pivot. I don't think people play, people just hate playing Gabe Davis. People hate Gabe Davis. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, what, what do you guys think about doing, if you were to play from the hurt side, a double bring back with Kincaid and Shakir, uh, get tight end taken care of, get that cheat piece? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of always, and, and this has burned me because McBride's been going, went off a couple of times, but like I'm kind of always in the camp that if I'm going to play the chalky tight end, I want to do them in a correlated way. Mm-hmm. And we're at the point now with McBride where, at, at 4700 at least on DraftKings, more expensive on FanDuel, you do have to think twice about it because at those prices, uh, every tight end, you know, is volatile. Whereas right. previously when it was under 4K, you had no choice but to play him. But now in tournaments, you can feel comfortable fading him. Yeah. Um, they, like, like Daigle mentioned, playing the Bill side is nice. Eagles are like arguably the biggest pass funnel in the league, at least from a fantasy perspective. When we adjust for strength of schedule, fewest points allowed to running back, 28th versus quarterback, 31st versus wide receivers. Uh, from cash game perspective, Hertz is the top value at 4-4 and FanDuel. Kincaid the top value on both sites. And Diggs is a top two wide receiver value on FanDuel as well. Um, um, 
Game with a 47.5 point total. This game is early. Jaguars at Texans. Jaguars favored by 1.5 points, giving them a team total of 24.5. Texans a team total of 23 as slight underdogs at home. Uh, Daigle, Jacksonville is actually projecting as the most popular passing attack on the slate, and that has a lot to do with salary, obviously. Um, But they have a lot of pieces we can use. You and... Paulson discussed uh, the splits for Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones on team map. So if we're going to get mega chalk on Kirk Ingram, maybe even ETN, um, if we are playing uh, Trevor Lawrence chalk, uh, do you like leaning into those Ridley with Zay Jones splits this week? Still thinking about it. I, I definitely prefer the Texans side of this. Uh the Jaguars are interesting because I still have major question marks about their defense, which is why what makes me excited about Stroud doubles in a week where I don't think anyone's going to play them is that's kind of exciting. But for the other side of the ball, one, I always hate when I can't quantify why a, why a situation happened and no one's really qualifying why Calvin Ridley was better with Zay Jones. They're just saying it. They're just saying, yeah. oh, he ran different routes. <laughs> no, he didn't actually. Yeah. He just he just, just caught the Hayden Winks uh, targets. Pointing out that he wasn't even on the field on one of the Ridley touchdowns. Yeah. It's yeah. like, like actually, oh, but, but nothing it's changed for yeah. Calvin Ridley. He just caught the same volatile <laughs> targets that he didn't catch previously. Yeah. So that makes yeah. me really worried about like running <laughs> yeah. back Calvin Ridley in DFS. Um but yeah, Christian Kirk, I think is fine. The, the thing is, Christian Kirk is more of a cash gameplay. We've seen Travis Etienne. Mm actually not only be inefficient now, really like the last three or four weeks, he's, he continues only getting there on touchdowns. He is Tony Pollard, except he goes into the end zone instead of he doesn't like, and that's Pollard's not, back, man. Pollard scores two weeks in a row. Pollard's back. Yeah, scored two weeks in a row, but <laughs> like, it's not a good, it's not a good thing for ETN though. That like, it's the yeah. same inefficiency. So yeah. I don't know, but, but either way, I, I'm excited about the Texans. I know that. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the splits things, and I was kind of hoping that was your answer because I agree, I agree with you, but I mean, the more important thing for Ridley, if we're looking at him, isn't the splits with Zay Jones. It's the fact that he's going to be like, I don't know, fringe double digit owned just because people want to play this game where Kirk yeah. and, and Ingram are going to be like 20%, 25%. But, um, so I, I don't want to play 25% Christian Kirk or, ooh. or Evan Ingram. The good, the good thing is the Texans have been leaking production at least lately through the air now. Baker Mayfield averaged 8.8 yards per attempt. Burrow had 347 and two. And then Kyler Murray at least rushed for 50 yards in the touchdown. So they they have been getting worse, as we expect with all their injuries finally. And so it would make sense that Trevor Lawrence does get there. But also what's happening is I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be teetered as the cash game option if you spin mm-hmm. down. Even yeah. though I think, I think Gardner mentioned maybe just a better play overall. But uh, – and so, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to weigh it by Sunday morning. There's a lot going on with the Jaguar side and a lot that I don't trust really. Yeah. The Jaguar side does feel gross and like Stroud has been ascending so quickly. And like, it's, I, I feel like it's very rare that we get uh, a offense that so it's, it's so trendy to like the Texans and we're going to get them as the pivot offense. Like I, I love that. Uh, Karain, if if Jacksonville is as owned as expected, like, do you agree that we love the Stroud side? Like, Jacksonville is like 
kind of a pass funnel. Like they're, you've said on here before that that they're they're a fake uh, good rush defense, but um, you can't throw on them. And Tank Dell's gonna be owned, but like we can either. I, mean, I don't think we need to fade Dell. We can like offset it with Stroud ownership, um, who is kind of expensive too, which is which is another reason he's not gonna be played. Uh, how do you like this Texans offense? And if Damian Pierce comes back, like are we still on Singletary? Uh, I. I'll start with the Singletary side. He scares me a bit because he's just been like he's such a touch consolidator, and like he just he just vacuums up all the touches and then adds mediocre efficiency, and that's good for fantasy. But uh, he's not do like in a split role. I don't really I'm not that into him. Uh, but I am into this Texans pivot. I think it's this is like a very nice opportunity. I think and one that doesn't come around that often in, in DFS these days where I don't think this is a very good spot for the Jaguars and the chalk is on it. Right. And I think this is a sneaky good spot for the Texans. And that's the, the natural uh, pivot based on the ownership. So I'm, I'm excited. I do think that I want to play this through tank Dell. I think when I look Mm -hmm. at this, this matchup, um, why do I like it a little bit for the Texans? I think with CJ Stroud, he has been awesome from a clean pocket. And the Jaguars do not have a very good pass rush, but they have a really good secondary. They do. Pre- this is the number one defense at defending the splash zone. And the Texans, that's how they attack deep middle of the field. This is not going to be an area where, uh, not going to be a game where the Texans are just like crushing with big plays over the middle of the field like they they were against the Buccaneers. But we are looking at a a matchup where Stroud should have time to throw. And so I want to play it through the wide receiver that I think is just the best at getting open. And that's Tank Dell. He is an elite open score wide receiver. And he also has the deepest ADOT of the receiver. So time to throw. I want the deep ADOT. So I'm looking at big plays downfield, Tank Dell. Maybe they're more along the sidelines, right? Maybe we're not getting that that over-the-middle stuff where Nico Collins has really excelled. Mm-hmm. So I would be wanting to go – now, certainly you could double it uh, with, with those two, but as gross as it is, I think you could throw Robert Woods in there. That could be a, a way that you double it with Tank Dell because he's only 4K, so he's a little bit of a salary saver. Uh, you could throw in uh, Schultz as well. Um, the bringbacks, I think, are kind of – I don't like the bring back element because it's going to be it's going to be owned. But I do think you want the only part of this that I don't love is that I think you want the Jaguars to push a little bit because the Texans fundamentally, I think, are a run first team. But, you know, on this slate, I still think the the Texans pivot is really interesting. Yeah, my only concern with Dell is that he does get like mega steamed um because he just just such a good play um and i, I yeah. think if if people are seeing the jaguars ownership projections come in they're gonna want to play dell a lot like i i agree with you that that's how i want to play it especially if it's going to be stroud at like i don't know like like comfortable single digit ownership i just really hope take tell we don't get there and take those 25%. But then like, I mean, am I even that mad if he's 25%? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be, I wouldn't love it if I was using Dell's like a one-off, but if I'm building it around Stroud going off, I think Dell is, he's how I want to play it. I, I just yeah. think it's so much. Yeah. Prize picks is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform 
and one of the most exciting ways to play DFS. And best of all, prize picks is simple. Just choose between two to six players and pick more or less than their prize pick stat projection. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, an enormous selection of players, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. But it doesn't stop there. PrizePix even offers in-game projections. Imagine gathering at the house, watching football with your friends, and building an entry to cheer for together with more A.J. Brown receiving yards or less Jordan Love passing yards. Now it's possible. Just go to prizepix.com slash DFSNVP and use the promo code DFSNVP to match your first deposit up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Cash game notes, um, as as we mentioned, a lot of the Jaguars are popping. Uh, Lawrence top three value on both sites, ETN popping and some some DraftKings optos, even though I don't really love that. Um, Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk has a high optimum rate on both sites. And uh, Tank Dell is a top three wide receiver on both sites by uh, for four projections. Uh, Karen, stay with you for Rams at Cardinals. 45 and a half point uh, total in this game. Another late kickoff, 405. Rams, slight favorites. I don't know if the line moves since the cup uh announcement um happened but uh uh i have it down as uh four, 45 and a half with rams favored by two and a half and a 24 point total um the big thing here is they're getting kyron back um and as i said cup is going to be active so i mean does I guess two questions. One, what does it look like with cutback? Um, like, does he just come back to a full workload? And two, like, is Kyron one of the best contrarian plays of the week? Like, uh, they said he's going to go back to his like full workload. Well, I mean, they cut Daryl Henderson. Yeah. So like, he doesn't have to. I mean, I know they, they have other guys they could mix in, but he he was dominating touches. Um, that that's I think a, a clear signal that um, you know they they trust his health. Uh, he was awesome against this Cardinals defense uh, right before he was injured. Um, And this Cardinals defense is a run funnel. And, you know, I I think, and the Rams, the Rams are also a run funnel. So like you could say, oh, this could shoot out because, you know, Kyler Murray is going to be successful against this Rams defense and that'll push the Rams, uh, you know, off of a, a conservative game plan. But, I think the Rams will be able to do what they want to do here. And I think the Cardinals will be happy if this game is, you know, fairly balanced to conservative in in its approach. So uh, I think Kyron is going to have no problem getting a lot of work and he's been pretty good. He hasn't been amazing, but he's in that kind of Devin Singletary mold slash maybe, you know, a little bit better where he's able to consolidate touches and then add some efficiency on top of that. I think he's an awesome play. Uh, just kind of happy to see that he's not really profiling as all that owned right now. Um, I think the cup side of it is definitely interesting. I don't know. I mean, Puka is the guy I'm more interested in here. Like he's yeah. like, I don't have to worry about it um, in terms of the, in terms of his health. And one thing about the Cardinals is they don't take away first reads well. So uh, if, I think Cup's kind of interesting because, you know, he has a really high first read target rate. But I also think Puka Nakua is interesting because he has a first read target rate just behind Cooper Cup. And I think the Rams, you know, will be able to kind of drop back and execute fairly well this week. 
Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about Kyron is he's priced really close to JT, who's going to be the char- one of the Chargers players on the slate. So, like, that's just such a nice um, salary pivot. Uh, uh, Daigle, on the Cardinals side, since we've seen Kyler come back, slight bump in passing rate over expectation, but the most notable thing is, besides Trey McBride, he's really been spreading out the targets quite a bunch. Um, so, I kind of, like, my DFS brain says now people want to be off Marquise Brown because he's lost his target share. If we're getting him at like high single digit ownership, I think this could be a spot to go to him when everyone's just seeing like Rondale getting like random 25% targets and, and, and things like that. They, yeah. The only thing is it's with Marquise Brown DMP on Thursday and Friday. I mm-hmm. I don't think he plays. You don't I think, think it's call, calling yeah. it pretty close. Yeah. So if, if Marquise is not out there, then what happens to the entire target tree? Yeah. Uh, that's when it becomes interesting. Greg Dortch will probably play in cash games, and Dortch has proven anytime he's out there, he earns targets. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It, th- I'm not sure how I would play it just yet. It probably would be trying to prioritize McBride, but definitely I'd be interested in Dortch in tournaments too. Yeah, uh, McBride's already projecting as one of the Chargers' players on slate. If if Brown does sit, I would yeah, I, I would guess Dortch is the one that um, that ends up getting steamed. Yeah, because Michael Wilson's most. already I'm, been ruled out too, and I don't know about yeah. Zach Pascal just yet. Yeah, uh, do, do we like? I don't really know how I I'm, I'm like super lukewarm on James Conner. Like I, if, if these wide receivers and McBride do end up getting steamed with Marquise Brown out. Do we want to play James Conner? I think he's fine. He's his workload has been pretty valuable. He's underperformed it the last couple of weeks. He was overperforming it, I think, before that. But this is a matchup where you you can run on the Rams, and I think the the Cardinals will try to for sure. For for cash games, um, with Cooper Cup back, the only player that's projecting as a clear cash game value is Trey McBride, uh, top three value on both sides. And he's $600 less than Kincaid on DK, so I'll probably have to lock him in there. On FanDuel, Connor's projecting as like a fringe cash game play, but um, I, I don't know if I get there in cash. Uh, Daigle, this game is is like sneaky, intriguing to me. Colts versus the Buccaneers, 44 and a half point total. Early kickoff, Colts favored by two and a half, um, 23.5 total for the Colts. Uh, it looks like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman are both going to be super chalky here. Um, I guess it's going to have a little bit to do with uh, how, how um, if Downs is active, but I think Pittman leading the league in target share over the last month is probably chalky no matter what. So like, how do you play out the situation where we have two teammates that are super chalky and probably do cannibalize each other um, uh, on the same team. Normally in a slate, like in a slate, I'd feel comfortable saying you just bring Gardner Minshew along because Mm -hmm. even four of the last six quarterbacks out of the Bucks by have finished as top three options on the week. Most recently Brock Purdy, who we, we all talked about last week. He took in the Millie maker in a, genius uh, uh naked Brock Purdy just to fit everything yeah, else around that was, it was a good lineup it was well, amazing. What was everyone talking about that that was dumb because they didn't correlate that, it that was, was so good, intelligent liked, no, yeah. it was so good I, I was actually upset I didn't get there because it was it wasn't even galaxy brain it made so much yeah. sense to fit everything else in around him so yeah uh but I, I just don't feel comfortable suggesting that in this slate even though I do like Gardner Minshew a lot especially at his price it just seems it just seems like I want to get to Hertz or Josh Allen. And 
it feels like those guys, it's the kind of week where they just crush you compared mm-hmm. to Gardner Minshew. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah. But I mean, it's the same spot we've talked about with every quarterback so far. CD Stroud, Brock Purdy, uh, Bucks out of their bye. They, they can't cover. They're also 26th in pressure rate. They're just not stopping anyone, which creates a good environment for everyone. Yeah. Do you, um, do you like downs as a cheap pivot here? Or do you think if we're playing downs, like we have to play them in a stack? I personally think because of his injury, you get to play him in a stack. Yeah. He is coming up a buy. Last we saw, he re-aggravated his injury. Um, he did make that one big catch, though, before he got injured again in Frankfurt. So I think you have to play him in a stack. I don't think he's, like, cheap enough to where he's mm-hmm. a one-off. Yeah. What is uh, Especially because I, I do like some of the, the cheaper options that – are going overlooked. Like we talked about, maybe people catch up to Greg Dortch. We'll talk about Justin Watson. Um, there are some, there are actually some really good cheap plays on this slate. Shakir as well. Yeah. Um, Crane on Tampa side, uh, the player that is really standing out is Rashad white. Uh, India's 29th in schedule. Just fantasy points allowed to running backs. White's one of 10 backs with, uh, at least 75% of his backfield share over the last month. So this is another interesting chalk spot because he'd probably be the second highest on running back. Um, so how do you handle a slate where we have two chalking chalky running backs in the same slate or in the same game? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting for White. Um, he has not been a good rusher, so you know that the the matchup part of it is a little bit um, less appealing for that. But he's going to get work as a as a receiver. Uh, the guy who I think is pretty interesting here is Mike Evans. Yeah. Um. I, the The concern is that this game they don't really push each other that much, and so you know it becomes a little bit. Um, you know, just there's not that many points in this game, but I think there's kind of a sneaky good matchup for Baker Mayfield. Um, Colts are vulnerable over the the deep middle of the field. Uh, Buccaneers have attacked there. Uh, I think we're probably going to see some mistakes out of out of uh, Mayfield. The the Colts do have a good pass rush, but uh, this is a spot where I think Evans, who's got like a really strong profile, you know, he's he's 92nd percentile on open score. Uh, he's got a 2.49 yards per route run, and that's backed up by target volume. And he is their downfield over the middle of the field receiver, which is a really good fit for this matchup. Uh, so maybe that's the way. If you pivot to Evans, that um, gets you off of White, probably. I mean, I guess you yeah. could double. You could double Mayfield, you know, with Evans and White. Mm-hmm. I think that would certainly because I don't know that I want to go to Otten, um, and I, I don't love Godwin here. So that that would be interesting. I was disappointed to see how chalky Pittman is because I, I do like this matchup for him a lot, but um, but yeah, I, I kind of I don't mind the mate that Mayfield White and Evans double, and I think Evans being the real key piece of that is, is uh, you know a different way to play this game. Yeah, that's the one that caught my eye. If if everyone's going to play JT and Pittman, I think a lot of people are are um, not a lot, but I, I think a fair amount of people will get to like some kind of combos of of Minshew um, and Downs, and and I think Evans probably goes overlooked enough. Where you know if we get if we get twenty eight deep DK points out of a ten percent Mike Evans and play him with Rashad White, like I like that play a lot. That's what I don't know if I get there, but yeah, that's why Minshew does makes sense plus he's so cheap that you then can still afford to pay up for the bills eagle stacks just without the quarterback the only thing is for 
for Jonathan Taylor, it's not even a good matchup. Like it's a terrible matchup. The for as much as the Bucks have been laying down four out of their bye in the air, they're still an elite run defense. Like out of their bye, they're still top five and limiting running backs to uh yard and yards per carry. They're sixth in limiting explosive runs as well. So it's not even a good matchup for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean if like we always talk about um like when when is it bad chalk and and usually it's bad chalk when it's a, a player is getting pumped up just kind of out of a lack of options and that's kind of what Taylor is this week right like i mean if you look at the top projected players it's Jonathan Taylor, Etienne, Saquon and then Rashad White and then just like a drop off yeah, like it's a bad run it's a bad, bad running play. back slate yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a really that's why like i said like a guy like Kyren like if we're getting him at at, at 8% um i love that uh i mean i don't yeah J- James Conner like if we're getting him at like at high single digits um the chalk running backs are rough man I, I am a little afraid of of JT here though i the the buccaneers are first in EPL out for uh rush which is as good as you can get but they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns and i feel like that's maybe skewing those those numbers a little bit and some of the other metrics they're they're not very good they're only 25th in in run stop win rate um so i if, if jt's gonna get all the work like he did before the buy when he had 80 88 of the carries like yeah. I, I i almost feel like i have to fade him at the massive massive chalk he's gonna come in at but i've I'm going to go on the record that I'm nervous about that. Yeah. I mean, if he was priced like he's supposed to be, like if he was like, I don't know, 7,600, wouldn't anybody be playing him instead of 69? Probably not. Yeah. It's, In this it's, slate, maybe. Yeah. I guess on this slate. But yeah, I mean, it's, he could, he could definitely fail here. Um, JT, Rashad White, and Pittman are all popping as, as, uh, top three values at their positions on both sites. Um, so, I mean, JT is probably the cash game running back. Uh, you probably don't have to play him and white together, but you can in, in cash and, uh, which receiver is kind of weird. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get to Pittman in cash, but, uh, he is projecting as a great value. Um, those are the games with high game totals with, uh, relatively short spreads. The one team projecting for, uh, a kind of healthy total, um, in an expected blow are the chiefs chiefs are favored by eight and a half with a 25.75 team total. The game is down to 43 point total, uh, Raiders down at 17.25 team total. Uh, so Corrine, uh, we don't usually lead with a DST, but chiefs are only 3,100 and they're like, they might get to like 30% on DraftKings. And I mean, they're from a fantasy perspective, they're the best defense in the league. They're, they're top six and schedule just points to every single position. Um, so I'm going to start with DST. Like, can we play a 30% defense? Uh, I mean, so the, what's the situation in terms of pass attempts against, I think is the way to think through us because yeah. The Raiders, they did show a willingness to pass uh, last week, but the Chiefs are not like the Chiefs that we've, you know, gotten used to here. Like their defense is so good. Uh, and then the offense is struggling a little bit. Um, you know, so we also saw the Chiefs go run first for the first time all season last week. So I don't know, like, if they're going to, dictate the the high level of passing attempts that we would normally expect certainly that would be my baseline expectation but is there enough like fragility to that to get you off of the defense i think probably 
where the you know the Raiders maybe just kind of try to lean on on Josh Jacobs here. Mm-hmm. But it is it's it's pretty good. I mean, I think one of the things about the Chiefs they're doing so well is they are taking away first reads. And so it is like a really rough matchup for Aiden O'Connell. Like they're yeah. they're not gonna just let him go to Devontae Adams here and he's gonna have to find other things to do. And some of those other things might be throwing interceptions. Yeah, I don't think people are gonna get to like heavily stacking this game. Um, I, I think it is interesting if people are gonna go expensive quarterbacks, expensive pass catcher, it's gonna be some combo of like Hertz, Allen, and then one of their pass catchers. So Kelsey always gets like moderate ownership, um, but it has to be a really unique situation for him to get like crazy out of control. So I think Mahomes Kelsey is like the pivot if you have like Diggs or AJ in your in your flex. But I don't know if we like do we start there at all, um, or do we only pivot to to Kelsey Mahomes combos if we need a late swap or behind? That's a great question. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm starting there. It's yeah. But I, I just. It, it's it's still the highest team total on the slate, as you mentioned. Even over the Bills and Eagles, like the Chiefs have the highest total. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want pieces. Justin Watson is the stone minimum, and I don't Do we know trust why. Watson? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, the last two weeks around their bye, he led the team in routes run in both games and led them in targets in both games. You he led the wide receivers in routes run. Uh, correct. Uh, last week he led the entire team in routes run. He had more than Kelsey. Um, he, he against the Eagles. He dropped the touchdown, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know why you wouldn't trust him. You don't trust Rasheed Rice. Like we're, they're still doing the rotational thing. Um, yeah. And plus, like where we need value, and you can bring along Watson with Travis or with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It, the thing is, Isaiah Pacheco, because Jarrett McKinnon is ruled out, also got a lot more interesting. Yeah. And so you could just tack him on, play the Chiefs defense, or just. Avoid the. I actually don't even. I don't think you even need the Chiefs defense. Uh, we'll get to defenses in a bit, but overall, I feel like I'm definitely going to be playing two Chiefs at least because I want this team total for sure. Yeah, Pacheco is a smash play. Um, and he'll yeah. get and again if they don't drop the touchdowns, they score thirty plus. Like it yeah. was just mistakes. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, on on the Raiders side, I mean, like uh, Corrine said, like we don't expect them to push the Chiefs by any means um but as you mentioned on team map uh daigle aiden o'connell and antonio pierce have basically killed the uh passing game work for uh jacoby myers and josh jacobs um again kc top six and adjust point adjusted fantasy points to every single position um i mean do we even think about like five percent Devontae uh if we do play the chief side i don't know i think i'd i'd be like trying to play it through maybe like I don't know, Michael Mayer or uh, just, you know, although I mean, you could do a double tight end with Kelsey and cheap Mayer or something. I, I'm really worried about them just trying to take away Devontae Adams. Like that's kind of what they do. So at 7,800, I, I don't think so. Not, um, not only that, I, I don't want to waste, man. I don't want that salary that I could be spending on AJ Brown or Stephon Diggs to go to Devontae Adams. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot. Give, yeah, I think you're giving up quite a bit of projection. Let me see what we have for. DK I could definitely points. see myself have, playing Patrick yeah, Mahomes stacks, hundred percent. I could, I could definitely do that. Um, but I, I don't need a run back unless it's unless it's Michael Mayer. But again, if we're blocking that with Travis Kelsey, anyways, then I don't feel like I need to play Mayer anyhow. Yeah, I mean, so I, I had Watson at at thirty three routes last week, which is still 
quite a bit below Kelsey. Uh, He's at 47 routes last week. I think maybe in week nine. And anyway, I'm like a little bit nervous about Watson because I feel like it's sort of, it's like, it's the Chiefs high team total. He just came off his huge target game, 11 targets last week. Um, Like we would, we would love to play someone else who's not just Kelsey with Mahomes. Like he seems like a steam candidate, you know, stone men. Are you guys, what do you guys think about that? Um, I, the only reason I think he maybe doesn't get steamed is because there are a lot of, or enough cheap options that people aren't just going to like auto click him because there's no other punts. Like there's guys in the 3k to 3,500 range that you could play. Uh, okay. Like the Cardinals receivers. Led the wideouts. You were absolutely correct. My mistake. Um, but he's led he's led the whole team in targets in back to back games around their. Okay. Body. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I'm I'm starting with the Chiefs at all, but I think they are like a very very obvious late swap starting at 425. Yeah, I mean, given- it's pretty interesting. Like, this is a slate where, like, I think I I could see elite quarterback being like just a must have on this because it's not a ton yeah, of plays I that I love, and then it's like, okay, we get to. We all think that, and then we all play Hertz and Allen, and then Mahomes. It's like, oh no, the Mahomes yeah. Kelsey stack is it's a perfect it's a perfect setup for Mahomes Kelsey stacks to actually mm-hmm. win you something. So, um, I don't. It's not where my eye is drawn, but I think it's I think it's pretty sharp. Yeah, the, and the nice thing about the the Kelsey, well, I guess you can't late swap to Kelsey if you're starting with expensive tight end. But if everybody's paying down for Kincaid, I guess Kincaid's not even that cheap. But I'm paying down for Kincaid and McBride, like, and and mm-hmm. only you know, you know, nine percent of lineups playing Kelsey, you get a little foot the build. So I guess if you're, yeah, I guess if you late swap, you have to, I think I, I think yeah, I'm you have to late more. swap to a double tight end build. I think the more we talk about it, the more I kind of like it a lot. Yeah, I mean it's a good game. And and Max Crosby and Max Crosby's doubtful. Like that's probably the most important injury on the slate. Oh, that I I totally yes. Uh, I saw that before the show. I meant to write it in my notes, and I totally forgot about that because he's responsible for um, like over half their pressures. Like he's he probably let me look that up while we're going on here. Yeah, who's Um, who's more likely to get steamed at running back, Pacheco or Kyron? Pacheco. He's a really strong play, I think. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if people are going to trust Kyron in his first game back from injury. Although, again, just cutting Freeman outright is it seems like a pretty telling move. Yeah, and I think um, I think Pacheco is just going to show up more in optimizers. He's projecting as like a crazy value on four for four, um, so I assume it's going to be the same elsewhere. Um, yeah, so so uh, opto clickers are going to get on on Pacheco more than Kyron. And then you can also you can also correlate him with Chiefs D, so he's just more comfy. Yeah, yeah. but I mean he's still a great play. Like I don't think he gets to like twenty percent, but like maybe he gets to like fourteen or fifteen percent or something like that. Um, after that, the games get pretty pretty uh, gross. We got uh, Titans Panthers Falcons Saints, which actually could be kind of interesting. Um, Patriots Giants Steelers Joe Burrowless Bengals. Broncos Browns. I mean, usually like when, when I play, you know, when we play cash, when we hit the optos, like we see, you know, some random players that, that are projecting well, like there just aren't even players projecting well in these other games. Like, do you guys have it? Like, I just don't even know how he gets outside of the games we talked about in terms of like game stacking. 
I like I like a lot of one-off pieces. Um, yeah, you know, Bijan Robinson was back to his mm-hmm. first month usage before the bye. So does it increase out of the bye? Also, Saints don't have Marshawn Lattimore for this game, um, and no Kendry Miller with Derek Carr back, who checks down to Alvin Kamara. So I think that could be interesting for Skinny Stacks. If you don't get to Bijan Robinson, Drake London. Again, no Lattimore had five consecutive games with a 21% target share plus. And then he showed back up after injury, played with Taylor Heineke and didn't get there. But Desmond Ritter was getting Drake London there every single week as a top 24 wide receiver. So I think both those options are pretty good in this game, honestly. Uh, Carr also, whenever whenever Michael Thomas, who's on injured reserve, left the field, Carr target Rashid Shaheed on 33 0.3% of his dropbacks. I was waiting for uh, that one. Since Carr does not connect with Chris Olave whatsoever, but he finds Shahid every single time. So, like, Shahid's the kind of guy that reaches the ceiling and then breaks the slate. So I like Shahid yeah. a lot as well. And then uh, David Njoku off of Trey McBride, because in DTR's two starts, Ooh. David Njoku has a 36.8% target share. Interesting. Or is it... Is it real? Is it really targets when it's like three yards? Like I, well, that's, it's so that's ridiculous. Kind of the, and they, they bounce off his hands. Like I can't, I can't do it. I, he, I agree. He's kind of popping for me too, but I, I just can't. That's the point though with bad quarterback play in the NFL is we adjust, and those are the kind of players, not Amari Cooper, who get there every week because they get right. the underneath targets. Um, right. So it's and especially at tight end again when everyone's volatile and we feel like. You know, once these guys reach a certain salary, we're comfortable fading all of them. Then David Njoku is not going to get played, and he is going to get the double-digit targets underneath because DTR quite literally cannot throw a deep. He just cannot. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I like the Shahid call a lot. I mean, he's 4,300, so he's not like a, a perfect price pivot off of the 3K guys. That they're kind of like the yeah. ideal guy. Yeah, I, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, he's... I don't know if he's like Shakir, but they get that kind of different ways. But like, it's not going to be a lot of volume on you. I guess Shahid could get some volume. So I'll throw out one other game. Um, This isn't really game stack game, but um, basically I just want to tell Jalen Warren because he's not strong enough for me to say he's my favorite running back play. But do want to throw his name out there. 5,400 won't be heavily owned spot where, you know, getting different running back or a slate where getting different at running back could be really helpful. And guys, we have the offensive coordinator is the former running backs coach. He's been as close to this as anyone. If anyone knows how much better Jalen Warren is than Najee Harris outside of you know the general public, uh, it's this guy. <laughs> so, so we could actually see him lean on Jalen Warren a little bit more. And more importantly, the Steelers, I think, will be leaning on the run game here. The, the running backs coach, I imagine, will be you know implementing somewhat of a run first game plan. The Bengals are not going to be pushing the Steelers here. So, you know, we're talking about uh, plenty of, of game scripts where neutral positive game scripts where the Steelers should be able to establish it. Jalen Warren is popping in like every efficiency metric you look at. He's been an yeah. awesome receiving back since he entered the league, but now his rushing stuff's off the charts. He had 95 breakaway yards last week. So, um, yeah, the, kind of a cheap, unowned pivot. I, I don't know if his usage grows, that's the thing. That's, but I that's what even, I was going to ask. I didn't even factor right. it in. Like, I'm actually pretending, I'm, I'm assuming it does not grow. I think it kind of stays the same where it's 50-50. He had one that's a fair touch. assumption. He had, yeah. he had one fewer touch than Najee Harris last week. My point is, though, he's still one of my, he's probably going to be in my single-entry cores. I think he's, like, one of the best plays on the slate, salary-wise, because 
Like it, it's as simple as he lead the league in 10 yard runs. The Bengals lead the league in allowing 10 yard runs. Those are the only dots I need to connect here. He can get there <laughs> but, on 10 touches. So I, I was going to add that. That's what I was going to ask. Like how many touches do we need Jalen Warren to get there? Because like, I feel they're they're so night and day in terms of efficiency and what they can do, Warren yeah. and um and Najee. That yeah. like yeah. the reason it's 50-50 is because Warren's like housing 30, 30 yard carries and, and Najee isn't, right? Like he's not he, he has so much burst and he can get there so quick that like he doesn't need eight touches in a drive to score. He needs two. Um so like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you're rotating drives, you yeah. only need two touches. Right, yeah. right. So, like, do we even like care about those splits really? Like, it, like, what do we like? What's his ceiling touches that where he wins the slate for us? Like, I mean, if he gets fifteen touches, he's balling, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he could be a top two running back on twelve touches, honestly, because it's yeah. that great of a spot. Yeah, I think we have a couple outs for it. One is that they actually, you know, new offense coordinator actually leans on him a little bit more. But yeah. the other is like they just established the hell out of the ball, you know. Um, so I think there's a couple of different ways that that maybe Warren does get does hit that touch ceiling, and then even if he doesn't, the nice thing about him is he's such a good receiver, and he's such a clear lead in the receiving game that maybe you get bailed out where he doesn't totally burn you, even if you know the the overall workload is less than we're hoping. And I didn't even mean to make it sound like it's not going to happen. I, um, you know, I was just painting a scenario. I, I think no, I think that's probably that's like a fair baseline assumption. It's just yeah. there's upside, but I, I think it definitely could happen though too. Um, he is not super cheap on FanDuel. He's 6,900, but he has a price pivot off of Rashad White. On DraftKings, he's only 5,400, and he's really popping in the 4 for 4 generator. But even though he's popping in the gener- generator, like I don't think he gets steamed. I hope he doesn't get steamed, but I don't think he does. I There's don't enough know. uncertainty. Like You're like, I'm playing a Steelers like part-time yeah. running back. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't, He's not going to feel comfy. Yeah, I don't think there's enough room for him to get to, like if if Jonathan Taylor, Rashad White, ETN are all like over twenty percent, I don't know if there's enough room for him to like get out of control. Just real quick on ETN, are you guys at all nervous about the Dearness Johnson workload last week? Because he his ETN's rushing workload was down, um, which seemed like kind of real. So I. I'm hoping he's like real chalky because I I do not think ETN's a good play at all. I hate yeah, it. Like fragility too. ETN's been a bad it. play for like a month in a row now. Um, yeah. So the thing is, uh, Doug Peterson mentioned before the buy that they were he he was aware of ETN's workload and wanted to limit him, and we've seen that out of the buy now. He hasn't handled sixty percent of the team's backfield touches in their two games out of the buy, and Tank Bigsby didn't play a single snap in the first half. It was Dearness Johnson all behind Travis Etienne. So Darius Johnson is very clearly their direct backup. The thing is like, and I don't, I don't even think Etienne will get there in this spot. I'm not going to play him honestly, but if they weren't to limit him in one game, it's obviously the one where their division is on the line. So that's why I, I think if people play Etienne, it has to be this game because this is literally the Super Bowl for the Texans and Jaguars. Like this is, this is going to decide ultimately the tiebreaker here. That's a good point. I mean, he's the second most expensive running back on the slate. It's not like he's super cheap either. Like, no, I don't. I think it's a really good contrarian running back week, which is not often the case. And I, I only, if I'm spending down because we don't have good values either, I only have 
Well, we talked about Jalen Warren and Jerome Ford is my only other one. And I, I still can't pinpoint when the hell they use Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford inside yeah. of five. Uh, Ford yeah. got the carry this past week. The Broncos are dead last and yards per carry allowed to opposing running back still. Like that's how we would attack them. So I think Ford makes a lot of sense if you think they are trying to take away from DTR too. What's what's Ford's price? 5400. Oh yeah, it's he's yeah. cheap as hell. Um well if we if we uh are all in agreement that we don't like the ETN chalk, let's look at the other chalk and uh see who we do or don't like. At, at quarterback we got Lawrence at Hurts, at running back we got JT and Rashad White, at wide receiver we got Pittman and Kirk, at uh um tight end we got um Trey McBride, Evan Ingram and Dalton Kincaid on DST, we got the Patriots and the Chiefs, and we haven't talked about that Patriots game at all. Um, so any of those those chalky plays stand out as as ones you want to play or want to fade? I mean, I want to play Hurts, but a lot of the chalk I don't really like this week. So I I don't think I have a lot of trouble getting off the Jaguar stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I think the tight end chalks probably the outside of Ingram, I think Ingram's pretty easy to get off, but Mm -hmm. Uh, the tight end chalk, I think I probably have some of. Yeah. Daigle, any, any of the chalk stand out to you as, as players that you want to be uh, leaning into or, or fading like very clearly? I th- like I think Rashad White's my favorite chalk play. Yes, and I agree, but I also think that's only because the state of running back at his price. It's not really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I want to be excited about trying to get there through the air for Rashad White because he never gets there on the ground unless he falls forward for a one-yard goal line run. Uh, it's, yeah, man, it's not pretty. Like, none of it's pretty. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I guess take, ugly... I think take Dell is the one I feel with Noah Brown oh, yeah, yeah, out yeah. again. Yeah. He's the one I feel most confident about because I'm I really like high Dale. on that passing spot through the air. Um, I haven't ran uh, an update through the solver today, but... Uh, I mean, four wide receiver lineups are just dominating optimals. So that is worth noting for sure. I don't know how I'm going to parse Eagles, Bills, Texans offenses by the time Sunday morning. There's, I mean, it's just, you definitely got to get the expensive plays right this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get to our favorite plays at each position, I want to remind everybody about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Go to prizepicks.com slash DFS MVP. Use the code DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to $100. This week, we have a three player pick that you could 5X your money with, uh, starting with. Aiden O'Connell projected for 199 and a half passing yards. We talked about how much that passing offense has been struggling and how much we like the Chiefs defense. We like Aiden O'Connell for less than 199 and a half passing yards. Tommy DeVito last week, we got a nice game from him against the Commanders, but he is uh, a very not great quarterback. We like him for less (laughs) than 177 and a half yards against the Patriots. And going back to that Texans game, Devin Singletary, 45 and a half rushing yards. I like him for more than 45 and a half rushing yards. This could be uh, quite a high scoring game. And uh, the a lot of people are going to be worried about Damian Pierce returning. But uh, Devin Singletary has carved out a nice role for himself in that offense. Again, three player pick them will 5x your money. Don't forget to go to pricepicks.com slash DFS MVP. Use the code DFS MVP for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, Karain, kick us off with your favorite quarterback play of the week. 
Yeah, if I'm not doing stuff with the Eagles, and I think you'll have us covered on on Hertz because he's gonna be pretty popular. But yeah, uh, then it's it's gonna be this Texans pivot, which I, I really think is fun. Uh, playing the other side of this game that people like uh, through C.J. Stroud, who is the better quarterback. Can we say that yet? Are we allowed <laughs> yeah. to say he's the better quarterback here? Because I think he is. <laughs> and uh, I like I like playing it through Tank Dell, who will be chalky, but hopefully not out of control. Um, and if, I think if you wanted to bring it back, you you have several different options. At least you're not you know eating the entire chalk of the stack with just like kind of picking out a bring back. Um, I also think like you could not just bring it. You, I don't, where are you guys at on that? Do you feel like you have to bring back CJ Stroud stacks with one of these chalky Jaguars guys? I mean, I think the Jag, the, the reason I like fading the Jaguars chalk is because I think they could just fail just by not getting there. Not because like, not because like a 5% owned gets there instead of a 20% on guy. Like I think Jaguars right. just fail. Yeah. That's so why I, I, I think it's fine to not bring it back. I hate that the Texans are the minimum price defense because naturally, usually the men price defense gets clicks because people just scroll to the bottom while they're on the toilet about, Sunday morning. Think that's my but, um, that's my deep play. But I yeah. do think, yeah, I think the Texans defense is pretty live here, honestly. Me, me too. I think that that's the other way to pivot off of this. Um, so I think is really interesting. But I, I like think Stroud. you want the Jaguars. If you're playing Stroud, you want the Jaguars to push because and plus they, no one's going to play Stroud with Tank Dale and as you mentioned Robert Woods or Nico Collins. And Nico Collins came back from injury and got 11 targets. Like he's Nico Collins is just fine. Play him. It's okay. They're a pass funnel. So the fact you're tagging those players along with Tank Dale, you're not worried about Dale yeah. and Christian Kirk Shaw. Uh, Daigle, you mentioned you think uh, you really want to be honing on in on these elite quarterbacks this week. Uh, which one do you like? Yeah, I think Hurts for his rushing like immediacy inside the one yard line. They don't even look to DeAndre Swift is the better cash game play if you pay up. But I'm curious to see where people come in on Josh Allen. Because again, that like the Eagles last week who came out of the bye and Hurts threw a season low 22 pass attempts. They had 27 carries because that's how they decided they were going to game plan and attack the Chiefs. Uh, it was the same thing for the Bills offense against the Jets, where they didn't target anyone on the boundary, Diggs and G- Davis, because they said we are only attacking this part of the field. Now Allen could just cut loose, and he could find Davis and Diggs all day long. So I'll be curious to see where Allen's ownership comes in. I think he's definitely going to be less rostered than, off the top of my head, Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts for sure. Yeah, But let's see where else he gets pushed down to, because then I'd be really interested. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean that is like again because I, I I guess maybe it's just people are gonna have a hard time like with how expensive Hertz pass catchers are, but um I think people are really scared of Josh Allen's pass catcher be, besides uh Kincaid. Obviously, Diggs is a good play, but um like I don't think people like like we said we don't people don't like playing Gabe Davis. Um, I mean, I'll I think I'll one off Gabe Davis in every lineup. I think Gabe Davis is for his prices wild, like one of the best plays in the slate for his price. It's crazy. Wow, how much is his game? 5,300 on DraftKings, <laughs> and he's like the yeah, perfect ceiling Fanduel play. That is kind of no man's land too. Um, yeah, uh, Hertz is is going to be my cash game quarterback. I'm going to try to get him in there. We've had uh, a lot of profit in cash games this week getting to Hertz, and and on these on the slate where we have you know 
all the prime quarterbacks are in really good spots. I, I think you're just giving up a lot by punting quarterback in cash this week. Um, let's go to running back. We haven't talked about this game, Daigle. Talk about uh, your favorite RB. I touched on it a little bit, but before the bye, Arthur Smith shaved his mustache, got peer pressure into giving B. John Robinson 65% of the team's running back touches, which was his highest amount since week four. Also went back to handling inside carries inside the five-yard line, scored a touchdown too. Go figure. Whenever you give Bijan carries inside the 10-yard line, he can score on them. And so if we're coming out of the bye, uh, Saints missing defensive players, Bijan, it does seem like also, when people usually get excited about playing him, it does seem like he's kind of going overlooked in the JT range. And so, of course, I want to take a chance on Bijan out of a bye. Bijan price less than Kyron coming off of an injury on DK this week. Uh, and probably not going to be crazy owned. Um Karain, uh, we talked about this guy a bit, but uh, your favorite running back? Yeah, Kyron. So yeah. you know, I, I I I agree. You know, we gotta That's we gotta get plan. Kyron. Um, so we've seen a couple times, and maybe like you know, these new injured reserve rules are are doing good things for the league because you know Saquon Barkley came back off an ankle injury um, and just started getting like the full workload right away. Austin Eckler, similar thing. Um, Kyron Williams, the indications are that he's going to step back into this really big workload. And I'm willing to bet on those indications, if the, especially if the field is not, right? So, you know, I think given that it is the first game back from injury, people are going to maybe want to see it for a week. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to jump right in here because I also have the matchup uh, at my back here that, you know, got the, the positive um, run funnel Cardinals uh, defense wind at our back. So, and, and the, the Cardinals are a run funnel because they, they're not good against the run. So, this is all just, uh, you know, some, some teams it's like the Browns are a run funnel because no one wants right. to pass against the, the Cardinals are a run funnel because you can run on the Cardinals. Uh, and the Rams have been increasingly conservative over the past few weeks. Um, Matthew Stafford, they've just not been able to protect him. And I think you, you kind of have two things working in your favor here. One is that the Cardinals have a really bad pass rush, so the offense should be you know, somewhat functional. They should be moving the chains, but at the same time, we've seen the Rams go kind of more conservative, and they have their starting running back back. I think we'll get plenty of volume for the rushing game as well. So uh, just, a, I think, a really strong play at you know, modest. Uh, you know, Maybe he could get steam, but he's not going to get out of control, I don't think, right? Yeah, he doesn't get out of control, and, and he is a uh... – a pretty clean price pivot off of Jonathan Taylor, who is the cash game running back. I know we made a pretty good case against playing him in tournaments, but um, you know, in cash games, when you get a player that's underpriced, as I said, like probably should be a $7,500 running back. He's at 69 on DK. Uh, I mentioned he's our top value on both sites. Uh, just play JT in cash. Even if you don't like him in tournaments, uh, wide receiver, Corrine, cover boy, cover boy, AJ Brown. Um, you know, some of it is like, we're looking at a guy who just hurt us. And so maybe that'll that'll keep people looking elsewhere. But um, this Bills defense, I think the numbers underestimate how bad they are, and the numbers aren't very kind. Um, and yeah, we're looking at AJ Brown, even with last week's dud in there, just such a clear dominant number one option. Uh, this is the type of week, similarly to how we talked about, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey. If they get there this week, it's going to make such a big difference, uh, you know, a bigger difference than it might normally because of the slate. And I feel similarly about Hurts and Brown. We had a couple 
times last year where Hertz and Brown went off and like it wasn't what you needed. Uh, this isn't that slate, I think. I think if Hertz and Brown go off here, that that's going to be what you need to win tournaments. Yeah, pretty crazy that we have these high scoring games, these elite pass catchers, and like none of them are going to be like 20%. Um, yeah, so well, I, I do think you have to pick the right one. I'll, I'll save this point for my tight end. Um, uh, wide receiver Diggle. Again, the way the route tree shook out at least last week with both Michael Wilson and Zach Pascal out was Greg Dortch leading the team in target share, uh, playing from the boundary, and Rondell Moore played from the outside. So if Pascal is active, then we think Rondell Moore goes back into or stays in the slot, and then Dortch comes off the field because he was playing where Pascal, their best run-blocking wide receiver, was at. But if three people are out, Wilson, Marquise Brown, who didn't practice in back-to-back days to close the week, and Pascal, then, uh, I mean, Dorch is just out there against a soft defense. So at his salary, it just seems like a player you lock in. Yeah, I like that. As I mentioned, uh, we have we have quite a few um, uh, men or close to men salary plays this week. So even if Marquise Brown is out, I don't think George gets like crazy steam. So I, I like that play a lot, especially if we are trying to fit in these elite quarterback, elite wide receiver combos. We're going to have to pay all the way down somewhere. Um, Tank Dell is just still such a, a good value in cash games. If you can fit him in with an expensive quarterback, um, I, I think you want to do it this week week uh daigle um you talked about this play uh when we were talking about the the extra games your tight end uh of the week and it's a ugly week at tight end under 4k pretty hard to Mm -hmm. find someone you have confidence in outside of kate Otten, but that's not even confidence in his production even though he did drop a touchdown last week he should have got there but uh out of the bye he is running around on 90 percent of dropbacks he's definitely going to be out there uh but that's not who i'm talking about i'm just saying david ajoku again (laughs) the target share is there we've seen two starts for dtr and he's right up there uh his targets will come to fruition amari cooper's definitely won't at any point so i think david ajoku is the best play on the browns uh, also a price pivot off of Evan Ingram. So that works well. Uh, Karen, you're tight in. Dalton Kincaid, who is <clears throat> going to be, you know, the, the secondary chalk behind Trey McBride. But uh, I was thinking through like what, you know, my, my thoughts on the slate. And if we're looking at running back where we don't love the plays, right. And they're going to be really chalky. It's like, where do we find our confidence uh, in this slate, right? Running backs normally where we can find some confidence because that's, you know, one of the more highly projected projectable positions to me. I think I have confidence in this Eagles bills game. Like this is what I want to build around as being where I can confidently project points in my lineup. And Kincaid is a bring back, especially as part of this don't get bored philosophy that the bills now have. I mean, He's super boring, you know, like he's kind of it's like you got to throw to Kincaid to prove to Joe Brady you're not bored. Uh, this this low a dot going to rack up catches perfect fit for DraftKings scoring there. So he's someone that I uh, I think I will be planning to, to bring in to those Hertz uh, stacks or playing it from the Allen side, which I like Daigle's call there, too. Uh, but, yeah, getting tight and taken care of in the game that I have confidence in. Uh, Trey McBride is $600 cheaper than Kincaid on DraftKings. So that kind of answers the cash game question for us. That $600 is going to be very important this week. Uh, DSTs, Corinne. Yeah, uh, Texans. 
Texans um, are another way to pivot off of this Jaguars chalk. Uh, we had um, had a couple people tag me on the Giants last week. Uh, throughout them as a leverage play, that was nice. Um, and we're doing it again. We're doing leverage defense, getting off of this shaky Jaguars chalk. I think uh, you know. I I think this Texans defense is a bit underrated. They have a good pass rush. They stop the run well. They're kind of set up to frustrate Jacksonville, who wants to play balanced and um, you know has a quarterback who will make mistakes under pressure. So, you know, Lawrence is coming off a good game, but like he could definitely throw some interceptions. That's he's kind of a, a up and down guy. You have the confidence with Jacksonville that they will drop back. I like the Super Bowl point. You know, they've got to win this game. Like if they're down by a couple scores, like they're they're gonna be out there chucking the ball. So that could be really good for having the the Texans defense and and an underrated pass rush. Uh Dagle, talk to me about um attacking Tommy DeVito. Last week's QB five <laughs> and Corrine still got there because DeVito has now taken five, eight, and nine sacks in his three starts. This is also Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. You blindly pivot in tournaments off of the chiefs to the Patriots defense, arguably the best play on the slate. Yeah. Um, and as you said, off of the chiefs defense, who is the cash game defense, um, they're 100 less than the Patriots. Um, chiefs will probably, like I said, probably approach 30% ownership this week at tournaments, but, uh, in cash game against that Raiders team and Aiden O'Connell, you just play them, uh, in cash. Uh, that is the week 12 DFS MVP. Uh, appreciate those of you that made it off of your Thanksgiving hangovers. If you are listening on a podcast, ask that you rate and review on whatever platform you are listening to. It helps us out a ton. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you are subscribed to the 4 for 4 channel. Please like this video and please make sure you get notifications for when we do go live. And if you haven't signed up for the DFS subscription yet at 4 for 4, Black Friday deal goes through Monday, but sign up now because you want to get all the info for the slate this week. Weekend, $6.99. I mean, we're basically giving the thing away. We go through Super Bowl, as I mentioned, still tons of random slates to play uh, leading up to the end of the season. So get signed up for that. And once you do that, make sure you upgrade to the solver. And of course, make sure you're reading the walkthrough every week. Karen, remind everybody what you got going on at Leg Up. Yeah, I got uh, the walkthrough coming out later today slash this evening slash tonight. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, but it will be out uh, before I sleep, uh, the walkthrough will be published, and um, I will be doing a narrated version of it. As always, you can get that uh, on a premium podcast feed for subscribers. Head on over to Legendary Upside, uh, sign up for ten bucks a month uh, or nine nine for the year, and we—it's just uh, you know—you get all the dynasty content, and the best ball content that I'll have in the off season if you sign up now for the for the yearly subscription. Make sure you get in on that. Um, once you do sign up for the 444 sub, you will get access to our Discord where you can find myself and Daigle every Sunday morning. Uh, and if you want to hear more of what we have to say, you can follow us on X slash Twitter slash whatever the hell it's called these days. Crane is at Pat Crane, Legendary Upside at Legendary Upside. Daigle is at not J Daigle. 444 at 444 Football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday morning.